I'm super excited to have my talented friend with us today, founder and creative director of Blake and Dane Interiors. Welcome, Jamie. So excited to be here. Any opportunity to hang out with the <laughs> both of you is my favorite. We love I, that. I love it. So to start us off, how did you get into this career and was it something that you always wanted to do? I've always been a creative person, but I was working as a speech pathologist and I was working at a college teaching students. I had private clients and I also had a child at home who was getting a lot of therapeutic services. So I felt like all day, all night was therapy. So I needed a creative outlet. So I decided to go back to school at the college that I was teaching and I started taking drafting classes. I love the drafting classes. It was my favorite night of the week. So I decided to just fun open a little interior design business. And very quickly, I realized as I started this business that it was impossible to hand draft if I wanted to really have a business because it was so time consuming. So I went to another college and learned how to do computer generated renderings and as I was learning how to do this, I started getting more clients and my business just kind of evolved. So, you know, I don't want to say I'm retired from being a speech pathologist, <laughs> definitely on hold. Yes. So how would you say your education and the work in speech pathology influenced the way you are working in interior design? The main focus of a speech pathologist is to increase someone's communication skills. And, you know, I feel like in really in every field that we work in, communication is just such a powerful tool. So, you know, I think I'm a really good communicator, but I'm also know how to facilitate communication. So I think my clients feel really comfortable approaching yes. me with anything. You always seem approachable. And the fact that you, again, have that skill and that background, make it so easy always to talk to you and in anything you suggest and what Thanks. you do. It's a life skill. Yes, approachability. I'm working on it. I'm working on that life skill. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, today uh, technology is really influencing every industry. I, you know, I have to believe in interior des design is definitely benefit a lot from technology in general. Uh, we're seeing things like interactive programs and you talked about drafting and I think drafting is something that's making its way into the digital form with tools like the Apple Pen, if you want to kind of design on the go as well, which is interesting. I was looking up some other things around things like soundproof blinds, which, by the way, I think is a great idea for us to get soundproof oh, blinds. I do need that. Uh, <laughs> so my neighbors don't hear me yelling. <laughs> I didn't say why, but yes. Soundproof <laughs> and blinds. Why did we all agree uh, that I need it? Three, <laughs> 3D wallpaper, which I, I don't even know what that is, but I feel oh like gosh. I need to get it. It's a little 3D wallpaper and all the apps on your smartphone as well. You have like a smartphone app for level so that you can see if something's level for measuring so that you can get accurate measurements of, of floor plans. And of course, I can't wait until you tell me you've integrated virtual reality and augmented reality. So that's that's just a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, the technology is just keeps evolving and evolving. Um, and I'm, you know, trying to stay current with it. My goal is always to understand their vision and execute their vision. So any tools that I can use to help get me there, I do. I basically walk around with my computer from morning till night, <laughs> all day and use it all day. 
Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one area where you've seen tech play more of a role than others in what you're doing? I mean, I, you know, being able to render fairly well, um, I think has had a really strong benefit. So when I'm on a construction site and we're making changes to a plan, we don't need to call the architect and get him there to adjust the plan. I can render right on the spot and show my clients and the construction crew what we're doing. From these renderings, these floor plans, you can make elevations. So let's say it's a bathroom and you see how the whole bathroom is looking from like a bird's eye view and I could take you through it, but then I can take, um, an elevation of the vanity wall and I'll put dimensions. This is where you're going to place the hi-hats. This is where you're going to place your mirror. Wow. So that, you know, the electrician and the contractor can just follow my exact plan of where everything is placed. Your towel bar will go here. So I, I'm sure they love that. I feel like that was always like a trouble, right? To find this is like, to me, because you've already digitized that process, literally, like without without joking around, if all you'd have to give your contractor in the future is some AR goggles. And just as they walk around, oh, I have to put the outlet right here. I have to put the hi-hat or the lighting through here. And it's like, you, you're not, you can't make mistakes anymore. No, it's less room for error, for sure. My whole business, um, you know, runs on my computer, even the basics, like my proposals and invoicing and, um, contracts, mood boards that are shoppable, everything I do through my computer. I love this mood boards. I like the mood boards. I don't even know what a mood board is. I know. Jamie, tell him what a mood board is. (laughs) So let's say I'm working on a dining room and we're looking for chairs. I will find my clients a bunch of chairs that I put into a mood board. So they're laid out that they can get a view on them, but then they can click on each chair to see what the color options are, what the specs are. Oh, that's not that amazing. That's not what I thought, by the way. I was thinking of elementary school. She's like thinking of like the, 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 school, the, the scan yeah. of colors. What are you today, yeah. Max? I'm, are I'm, you I'm, yellow or are you, you know, green? I, when I went to visit <laughs> one of our kids' schools and they're like, there's a mood board here. And if it's like, what kind of mood are you in today? But I like, I like Jamie's mood board a little bit better. I, I think it's a little more functional. I think it's just fun. I think we should just create that. You should just create them for like all your friends and family and we could just play. <laughs> I'll make you a mood board tomorrow. That would be great. Were you talking technology? Have you come to an area where, or when you're working on a project where maybe you are using more advanced technology than someone else that's working on the same project in a different capacity? And then it gets a little difficult because how do you coordinate your plans if one person's drawing and one person's on a computer or are you on the same program? I mean, how does that usually work? I sync up really well with the architects. So we really haven't run into this problem. And a lot of the contractors that I work with, they're not using these programs. So they're just really grateful that someone can provide them this tool quickly. I think everyone's benefiting. We're not really having um, any conflicts of interest or I feel like that's why I'm able to take on so many projects at one time because I could move through them in real time when I'm with the clients. It's not that I have to come home and like, I do plenty at home too. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it I can do right on site. Wow. 
That's technology. Use my right mother, there. I would say when I was in high school, my mother was like the only, she could care less how I did in school, but the only thing she cared about was me taking a typing class. And to this day, I am so grateful that I really <laughs> learned how to type. Oh, shout yeah. out to mom. Yep. That is, yeah, that's I impressive. I remember those high school typing I, classes. I know. Me too. A-S-D-F-J-K-L-7. Uh-huh. Well, we didn't go to school when you went to school. <laughs> we had to go, we had to like... Dig the, the you finger a, all the way in. It was like a... And then you had to like push the bar back. Yeah, as a matter of fact. <laughs> when I first learned typing. Oh my God, I was the typewriter. Okay, so now we've talked about all these different technologies, but I think one of the most significant one that has really changed everything is apps and social media. How do you feel social media has had a positive effect on your business and in what way? I mean, I am truly grateful for Instagram. I mean, it's a visual platform. So here is a space where I, a place where I can put my content out that everyone could see the projects that I'm working on, that I finished. You know, I, I think it's just this unbelievable tool that has, you know, luckily brought me a lot of business. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Your social media is exceptional. It's so much fun because it's like you're really going through the motions of what you're doing and your customers, clients and fans are getting to see what you do and how you, you, the way you explain it, the way you have this ability to just put things out there in real time is awesome. You recently purchased a beautiful new home. So congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. It's so so amazing amazing to me that you use the platform to really share how you're transforming the new uh, the new space, the new property that that you bought and your clients get your perspective of how you're walking through a renovation process and you do these videos that you upload that give them progress reports. So I feel like I feel like that element of it is so engaging and it's, it's really just so cool. Thank you. And I, you know, it also really puts myself in my client's shoes. You know, the little disagreements with my husband (sighs) over materials and disagreements. (laughs) Wait, but that is an interesting perspective because you're right. It's not just that you're doing this and showing all of what you're capable of and all of these amazing, you know, decisions. You're actually going through a project on that other side. So that is pretty awesome. And I, I think I've always been really patient with my clients. I really never push them to make decisions, but now that I'm working through my own project, I'm even more patient. You know, these are really important decisions they need to make. So if they need extra time, I fully understand. Yeah. It's interesting because I was going to say, I always think like your home is your heart. So you get this emotional connection to it. Like you're saying that people have, or you're having now. And so I wonder besides your talent and your skill in the profession, how do you get a homeowner and to make a decision? How do you encourage them to compromise on something that, you know, as the professional is the better decision? Yeah. I mean, that's my ultimate goal. I want to take my client's style, but I do always try to push them out of their comfort zone. And I remind them because this is why you hired me. But, you know, the fact that I can provide them with a visual that will show them their choice versus my choice right. really helps them make the right decision, right. which is my choice. <laughs> right. Like this was horrible and this is what you should do. It definitely takes time. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, I know when someone hires me 
as we're going through the process, they don't trust me in the beginning. It does take some time. Um, but you know, the way I designed to, we, we basically build upon each choice. So they're feeling really comfortable with each choice that they decide on. And then we make another one and they're just seeing slowly how it's all coming together, which really boosts their confidence. I know I was going to ask you what your process was and that, that makes sense. I like that you're building trust slowly as you go. Yeah. And even just, you know, before we even get to the point of really making those decisions, say furniture and furnishings, you know, the first thing I do is really get to know my clients. I really want to see what their lifestyle is like. Do they have young children, children that are out of the house? Do they entertain a lot? Um, I, I want to get a good sense of what their daily life is like. So of course we can, I can create a beautiful home, but at the same time, it really needs to be functional. Right. Sure. So, so if it's young kids, the white carpets are typically not the go-to. <laughs> typically, typically, but you know, I had someone today, she has young grandchildren who are there all the time and she's getting that white couch. Yeah. Cause she's like, they will never be on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. But so what is a philosophy or a motto that you follow when you're working on a project? I mean, I would say less is more. You know, I think a lot of my clients, as we're working through the process, every wall they want to put something on. And yeah. I often remind them that it's really not necessary. Um, so less is more. You actually introduced me to the word refurbish, making something old, new again. And years ago, you guided me to make over a few chairs, if you remember, that I were do. really sentimental. I really brought those chairs into the 21st century, but you kept the bones. So I didn't have to like really destroy anything or lose anything that meant a lot. But you had a vision. So I think that that's... You were able to see something that I, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to see. I do remember you calling Jamie and asking for her sander. I know. Yes. To work on I, that I remember. I was outside. I was, I was getting in it. I mean, you did a great job. <laughs> yeah. It was a proud moment for me. As soon as you, you, you called your friend to ask for power tools, I was like, this is, this is, this is great. I know. I love that. I think that that was really special. And I think it's an interesting way that I don't think people, they automatically think they're doing a makeover that they need everything new. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, you know, when we're, when I first start a project with a client too, um, we go through their furniture and discuss what are we going to keep or not keep. And oftentimes, you know, their initial thought is I'm going to get rid of everything, but you don't really need to. So, you know, I, as I'm looking at their pieces of furniture, like I looked at your amazing chairs, I can decide, you know, I, Sometimes I just come up with an idea of something that they can use. So. Yeah, that's so cool. Just even just holding onto a piece of something and framing it or putting it somewhere. I think that's so special because that just is the having that emotional connection is just really cool. Absolutely. Another huge area that seems to be the future in all industries, and that includes, of course, interior design, is AI or artificial intelligence. He's been waiting to talk to you about this for days. My He's so excited. AI-powered design tools, AI algorithms can analyze a client's preference, style, budget, and then generate recommendations specific to the client's needs, which I love. AI can also predict future trends. So you're not changing your home to something that then kind of goes out of style very quickly. Which is so weird. How do they know that? How could it figure out what's going to be the next big thing? It's unbelievable. It's it's all in the algorithm. That's I think scary. it's a major advantage in saving time, avoiding costly mistakes, like you said, you know exactly where to put that 
electrical outlet as you're going through the project. And it all sounds pretty amazing. But my question is, do you think it's risky? I do. I mean, I right now, I think um, like open AI's Dolly program or mid journey I've been playing around with, you know, I think it's great if you need like a quick idea generation. So, you know, I can type in, I'm looking for a navy blue um, library lined with white books and a brass ladder and a oak desk with a brown leather chair. And within minutes, they're going to come up with a visualization. But it's not a visualization that I can execute or my contractor can. I think it's going to get to the point where I'm going to going to be able to tell it. I need a 12 foot by 22 foot room, French doors in the center, north wall windows, floor to ceiling. And that I'm really looking forward to rather than myself taking all these measurements and creating the floor (laughs) plans. Um, I'm hoping that we get there. So what is it that you wouldn't be able to do? What would, what would it tell you that the contractor or you wouldn't feel like you could actually put it into real life? You know, I can't really put anything into real life until I have dimensions and this floor plan that is really like the foundation to all my projects. So it can give me a nice visual and it could give me some inspiration, but it's not something that I can execute to, you know, to a T. I think it's interesting. I wonder, do you think there's something an AI preference engine is not considering uh, when it's trying to design that output? I mean, is it something that, like you said, is it dimensions? It's assuming it's it's got all the space in the world or is it something else that from a human perspective, it's not taking into account? I think it's dimensions. That's the big one. That's what I think. All right. For now, AI can maybe assist uh, in the process of endless choices, like what color paint right. for the room, that's probably a good one, for example. Uh, but in the end, it's ultimately the human, uh, the designer in this case, obviously, that can make the final decision. Absolutely. And, you know, everything still looks different on a screen than it does in person. So although that blue color that we see on this screen, if we have a name of this blue color, it's probably going to look very different in real life. Right. Until, until we perfect augmented reality, then hopefully it will look the same. <laughs> Actually, Jamie's taught me that when you put paint on a wall, you, it looks different in the sunlight. It looks different in different areas of the house. So, so it's so true. It's, it's also interesting. I, I actually just heard on the news when we talk about AI, Elon Musk actually made a statement to the world today to pause AI development. Hmm. So I wonder if he thinks it's becoming self-aware. That's scary and interesting, but really scary that he's telling that. It it's not like, like they made a movie about that or anything. Oh my God. Actually, I have a fun fact. We know you love your fun oh, facts. I love, I love hearing your fun facts. Do you know that color, since we're talking about color, plays a huge impact on mood and can affect physiological aspects like blood pressure, respirations, um, your heart rate. Really? Yeah. And actually color is used in hospital settings, and which is actually really important. And in most operating rooms will be the color green and blue or green or blue. And That is because green is actually exactly opposite red on the color wheel so that they paint the rooms green. It will give the surgeon more visual acuity and then it will help them be able to differentiate different shades of red. So that's how ORs are just that's how they decide the colors. And then I guess blue is also known for being calm. 
I love that. Yeah. So that's my fun fact for you guys. That's really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. We should look that up on Jamie's color wheel and see if <laughs> I'm the pretty sure red is green. It really is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I checked it out. Okay. <laughs> right. Operating room would not no, feel. No, that would be horrendous. Yeah. That would be a little aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the wall. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I don't want to see red scrubs. Actually, I don't want to see any of that. Yeah. No. So anyway, another big area in tech that's used in design is the area of sustainability and environmental conservation. We're seeing switchboard automation and other platforms that use motion and thermal sensors to control homes. Are you seeing the use of smart tools being incorporated in new designs and buildings? I mean, there, everything is operated from our phones now. You know, as a designer, I find that partnering with really awesome electricians is really the way to go. Um, These electricians, you know, they're really staying on top of the new technological advances that are happening. And, you know, you know, while working with them, I feel like it's really important that, you know, they understand my client's needs. Like if my clients want their homes operating on a Apple system or a Google system, because not everything is universal, um, they can help do that. But, you know, also from an aesthetic point too, that I want everything to be very minimal. Like I don't like to see a lot of switches, right? you know, and I need right. it to match their style. Yeah. And also, you know, with these, you know, with the technology that they're implementing, we also have to make sure that it's, you know, future proof that, you know, in three years from now, they're going to be able to upgrade these systems and they're not going to become obsolete. I know some of these programs are incredible. I was reading that one of the automation programs actually can have the solar panels incorporated into the program. So now they're becoming, um, they're installing them on a hinge so they can tilt and turn at different times of the day with the sun. So they're really getting the most efficiency possible, which is pretty incredible. And all controlled, like you said, from maybe a smartphone or some type of a smart device. Everybody wants it on their phone. They want an app for it. They want to control it. Like you could change the color of your light bulbs on your phone now. You know, you're putting in your LED lights and then you could change the color or you know, oh, like, the tone of it. Like to dim it? Yes. To, well, to dim it, to make it cooler or warmer. Back to so, the mood board. I, I like it. How do you feel? How do you feel today? I think one example most people can relate to is also a smart thermostat. It's something that most people have in their homes today. It adds the convenience and the energy efficiency to the house. Are you seeing uh, things like smart thermostats be incorporated as part of the home redesign process? Everyone puts one in now. They're not even, you know, debating or thinking about not. Um, I also think like everyone who's building a home or really renovating they have, you know, electric um, battery operated or hardwired window treatments. Oh, huh. nice. are they soundproof? <laughs> <laughs> I recently discovered something that's uh, interesting and could be potentially troubling. Uh, I was working with a large uh, building automation company that was installing Nest thermostats in the commercial building. And they wanted about 800 of them because they were going to install one in each lease space so that the tenant can essentially adjust the thermostat on their own. And it's all part of their uh, 
building automation system. And the reason why they came to me is their challenge was figuring out how to connect these 800 different thermostats without having to go on every tenant's separate Wi-Fi system and then figuring all that piece out. So we did a little research and we actually found that the Nest thermostat has its own proprietary IoT communication network uh, separate from the Wi-Fi connection that we we could essentially tap into. So kind of a, a network that most people don't know about. The question is, does that create concern for clients worried about privacy, especially since thermostats like Nest also have a microphone built in for audio control? So if someone has a microphone and they have their own separate network that I didn't even know about uh, embedded within the unit, is is that potentially a cause for concern for, for people during the redesign phase? I haven't had a client who is concerned, but, you know, I could see where there could be. I think their main concern is making sure that their house is warm when they right. come back from right. vacation and like, they can turn the heat like, up You can hear us, home. right. Um, but, you know, that's a really... It's scary. Point. It is true that that safety and security is becoming more of an issue as technology is advancing. Going back to that point, there actually is now been a bill drafted and it's already passed the House and it awaits the Senate. And it is called the Informing Consumers About Smart Devices Act or H.R. 3898. The goal is to provide Americans with protection and certain disclosure obligations on the manufacturer's part of smart and IoT devices. So do you feel that you have clients that when sustainability and smart homes come about that they have concerns or is it mostly a generational thing that a younger client is looking for a smart home whereas an older client is slowly accepting that this is the future? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, young or older, they're all really open to it. Um, I think they're also just being encouraged by their contractors and electricians and designers that this is the way of the future. Yeah, sure. I guess ultimately, is it more user-friendly and does it add value to the home in case at some point you wanted to sell it? Right. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. What what has been the best advantage from your perspective with the introduction of technology or these types of kind of smart home components? Having more tools that will help my clients vision come to life. That's really what I see the most advantageous part of tech has been for me. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges technology has brought into your industry? I love technology and as it keeps evolving, I'm evolving with it. But the creative process I find is based on real life experiences. You go on vacation and you watch the waves crash on the ocean. I go for a run in the morning and I see the cracks in the street. I'm talking to a friend who's emotional and I see the tears down her face. All of these experiences are what drives my creativity. So that's not something that technology can replace. So I don't think we're going to be living in a fully virtual world. It is true. You do have to have that human connection. Yeah. And I think, you know, COVID really opened our eyes to that too, how all of us were just craving human interaction when we were stuck in our home. For sure. And I guess it is, it's, it's more of an emotional journey of kind of your surrounding versus what app is there or what specific gadget is there. That's more a convenience component 
than anything else, not a feeling. Yeah. So you mentioned you work very closely at times with contractors and architects. How do you enjoy collaborating with others on your projects? And do you feel that it's benefited the projects where you have collaborated with other specialties? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's all about working together as a team because that's really how you're going to have the most beautiful finish product. Um, I think even, you know, going back to my days of being a speech pathologist, when I was collaborating with other professionals, physical therapists and occupational therapists and teachers that patient made, you know, more positive outcomes because we all work together. And I, you know, I think that yeah. goes for yes, an interdisciplinary team. 100%. That's my that's my word. I really do. I always I always felt the same way in nursing. <laughs> I really always thought that it, it only could be a great thing when all different professions or specialties combine and work for the patient, or in your case, the client. I was going to ask you what you thought was the most important skill to have as an interior designer when it comes to your client. But I think you said, or if I heard it correctly, it's, it sounds like it's honesty. Is that really the, the most important skill to have? I mean, I think honesty is important, but I also think um, an interior designer needs to be really artistic and creative and have a really great eye. All right. But on a serious note, have you ever had to deal with um, the paranormal? (laughs) Have you just hear me out? Have you ever had a client request a saging or how crazy is that? But I'm sure it happens. Have you ever had? We actually lived in a house, so it definitely happened. We we lived our our, we lived in a haunted house. I, I still don't believe that. I know. But if you talk to my sister who was touched by one of the, someone left our house because they felt the presence, but she, supposedly it was a very nice ghost. And she really was very good to me. Didn't bother me. Of course, it wasn't something like the seller's going to disclose on like the paperwork or with, to with the buyer that the house is haunted. And now come to think of it, I don't know if we disclose <laughs> that, that. I was just going to ask that. I don't I? think it came up in the sale of the house. I know I, on one of the real estate shows, there's like a term for it. There's a real estate term for haunted no way paranormal activity i have not had this experience oh my gosh so no no clients requesting a saging before a a makeover oh my god you know what there are some people who might benefit from a little cleansing before they get i I could not agree more (laughs) well that brings us to game time For this episode, we're going to play a game called Draft, Develop, or Demo. I'm going to give you three names, and then you can tell me which one you would draft or collaborate with, develop or design with, or just send out for demo. Are you ready? Number one, Anish Kapoor, one of the most influential sculptors of his generation, specializing in installation art and conceptual art. People are the most familiar with his installation in Chicago, Millennial Park's Bean. And an interesting fact about him, which I always think is crazy, is that he caused a very big uproar in the art community 
because he bought exclusive rights to the blackest black called Vanta Black. And since no one else was allowed to use it, other artists have since created the pinkest pink and other things. And everyone can use it except for him. Like you could go on and try to buy this color and you have to sign that you are not Anish Kapoor. Really? Yeah. And the, actually, it's even more interesting that the color was created in a company that's really used to design for military and astronautical yeah. use. So that I know Max loves sense. that. Yeah. Yeah. And they call it the darkest man-made substance. It literally is so dark that it turns everything into an optical illusion and it's illegal to use. So wow. there's that. Number two, Kelly Wersler, American designer, founder of her own company in the 1990s, serves mainly in the hotel industry and then moved into high-end residential and commercial retail space. She's also the first interior designer to be part of the Masterclass series. So with her Californian West Coast aesthetic, she's known for her confident, provocative and uninhibited risk-taking and is always evolving in her designs. Number three, Cheryl Palmer. CEO of Taylor Morrison. Taylor Morrison is one of the largest home building companies in the United States. Cheryl Palmer is the only female CEO in public home building. Changing the culture that has been historically male dominated, female team members hold a variety of roles impacting every area of their business. Under Cheryl, leadership of Taylor Morrison has been named one of the world's most admired companies by Fortune Magazine and the recognition of America's most trusted home builder. So who would you like to draft with? Who would you like to develop with? And who are you just going to demo? I mean, I'm definitely going to draft with Cheryl. I mean, she's a badass woman who's building <laughs> right? homes. Isn't that crazy? I mean, unbelievable. And the, the, the only one? Isn't that amazing? It's 2023. Yeah, right. she's a powerhouse. She really is. So I, I think we would, I would, we would really do well together. I'm also definitely going to design with Kelly. I yeah. use her oh light my. fixtures in a good majority oh. of my projects. I love her. Me I love all of the things that she creates. So that's yeah, cool. even her style. I mean, everything about her is fabulous. And unfortunately, I have to demo <laughs> someone. Demo Anish Kapoor <laughs> and his selfish paint color. I mean, that's what gets to me a little bit. Yeah, like... Be fair. Let yeah, everyone, share. you know, if you're that talented, why can't everyone use the same color? <laughs> I agree. We'll give credit. Right. He's out. All right. Well, thank you for talking to us tonight. This was a great. This was great. I had so much fun tonight. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening today. Please continue to listen and subscribe. You could always find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast. You could find us on Instagram at Techie and the Blonde or ask us any questions or suggest topics we should discuss at techieandtheblonde at gmail.com. And our new and exciting website has launched techieandtheblonde.com. You can find tons of content, pictures, everything discussed on the episodes. Thanks again.